did that, I thought there was a spider. Because there's too many spiders in the basement, bro. My first, dude, that's my greatest fear, is spiders. And, okay, so my two greatest fears, spiders and traffic. Okay, and I'm not in traffic right now, so it must have been a spider. <laughs>
Um, and I'm like, oh, this is like hand of fate. This is going to be dope. I'm going to enjoy this. And so you're literally being taught the game. The game plays. It's actually kind of unique, right? I, I always wanted to compare it to magic. Your cards are like monsters, right? So you have like uh, squirrels, squirrels. You have wolves. You have different things. They have attack. They have a defense. And you're attacking or defending against your opponent. But this is kind of interesting in terms of other magic, or excuse me, uh, like you said, it's it's in some ways uh, comparable to magic because in I the think attack defense, in the, it's actually closer to Yu-Gi-Oh. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> with because but, because you're um, you're actually to play bigger monsters, you're sacrificing. Right, monsters. you sacrifice in different ways too. Uh, yeah, you yeah, pay yeah. different prices for different kinds of cards. Some tough so stuff costs blood. The um, the 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 card game itself is actually quite intuitive uh with combining different mechanics from different card games uh i think it's uh, have you played a lot of different card games doc because yeah. i know you play magic um, i used to play magic i've played hearthstone i've played um Yu-Gi-Oh. you play much Yu-Gi-Oh. i played Yu-Gi-Oh before i've played pokemon like actual card games i played digimon yeah. final fantasy i mean and if it's a card game i played it vanguard cool i've never played vanguard for my experience, I just threw it in the list because some people like it. Um, in my experience, for the most part, I'm a Magic player. Uh, I, I I have played Pokemon TCG. Um, it's also a ton of fun too. So when I started this game up, I, I started noticing. I was like, oh man, that's kind of like a that's like a magic effect, like the Death Touch, like any amount yeah, of damage oh, yeah, yeah. dealt to this creature would kill it. You had kind of like um, a a trample effect, a Death Touch, you had flying. Right, but something um, interesting about this is it kind of has a a front line and a back line type deal, right? to where your front line is on your side are the creatures that you've summoned. They're just yeah. there. But on the enemy side, you see front line that are the creatures that you know are there to attack. Sometimes it's completely open so you can swing through. Yep. And there's always a back line. And on the back line, you can see creatures that are pre-summoned. I like guess you could call it. They're what's going to be played. The they're going to move up into the next uh zone or the front line if you all of our rpg people out there that have played uh it's funny we were just talking Some about tactical that. RPG yeah, tactical stuff, RPGs. Front line, back line stuff right we so should play, we um, should play one of those right so it kind of has this interesting front line back line so as a, a an extra layer of depth in terms of uh uh your your strategy right so with being a card game that has as I said, interesting mechanics of different card games and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's was super cool to be like, Oh man, I can't do that because that flyer is going to move up next turn. Like I knew it, it took out the, well, actually it, it's not that it took out the effect of not knowing what my enemy was going to do, but now it's, Oh, I know what my enemy is going to do next turn, but I don't know what they're going to do the turn after that too. Right. So that was super cool. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. So the game plays like on your turn, you have two decks, right? That's right. You have, you have your main deck and this, this super important. I'm going to touch on this. You have your main deck of cards, which have things like your wolves or your elks or whatever. And then you have a second deck, which is purely squirrels. That's right. And the squirrels, like I said, some, some cards have a cost. Some cards don't squirrels are free but you can only draw one card a turn so on your turn you get to draw from your squirrels which are free creatures but they're zero ones 
So they have no attack. They're solely for sacrificing. So if like you, maybe you have an ant in your hand, which requires one sacrifice and you're like, Hey, I can win playing this card. You would draw a squirrel, play your squirrel, sacrifice your squirrel, play your ant. And then, um, then it attacks. So it's a draw phase, a play phase, automatically goes into an attack phase you have to click the bell you click the bell which so is saying the, ending your turn phase, and then all yeah. your all your creatures attack regardless it doesn't matter you have a creature on the field it attacks and it either hits an empty space which deals direct damage to your opponent or it hits their creatures which may or may not kill it and there are also certain abilities that uh your creatures can have like the uh there's certain things where it will swing not forward, but sometimes it'll swing to the left or like kind of what's that uh what's that mathematical term? Like perpendicular. It'll attack perpendicular to you. That's not correct. Okay. I'm not smart. It'll it, it, adjacent. It'll attack adjacent diagonal? to you. Diag- I mean a, a diagonal. It is or, diagonal. Or adjacent. I, I'm not smart. I think two of those words orthogonal? are the same thing. Huh? Orthogonal? Orthogonal? That's a word that I don't understand at all. It, orthogonal is not diagonal. So it's oh, forward or sideways. I see. I got you. But uh, <laughs> so there, there's a lot of different ways that, that combat can actually resolve. And right. um, but that was super cool too. But mostly the game is broken into a draw step, a play step, an end step, which automatically does combat. Then it goes to your opponent's turn. And you already know what they're playing because it's on the back row. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that stuff either moves up and then they simply end their turn and they do a combat too. Now what's fascinating, I didn't think about this till just now. When you're looking at the board and it's your turn, your creatures attack left to right and your opponent attacks on your left side, which would be their right to your right side, which would be their left. Interesting. So there, you do kind of have this aspect of potentially there's a uh, um, bad callback to checkers a little bit. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, smoke and fire, right? So like that's kind of how you decide who goes first. White pieces go first. That's uh, you have smoke before. Um, I might have the terms wrong, but like white always goes before black, right? Yeah. So if you have if you know who's white, then you you know the orientation of the board. So right. You, so you know what left and right is. So it always goes from left to right. Kind of. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. Because I always have to look it up. Like every time I set up a chessboard, I'm like, "Well, shoot, which side does?" Because you're right, though. Like because the board is oriented in a certain way, to where like the white queen is always on a specific space at the starting, and the opponent is always on the opposite. Yeah, I don't know what the second piece <sighs> is. The, the, it's always smoke before. Smoke before something. Huh. I've never I can't heard that. I remember what the other one is. If someone knows that, if there's any chess players even or checker players uh, watching this right now, let me know in the comments exactly what I'm trying to remember because I'm a dingus. But it's interesting, like how you said. Yeah. So the, that, the orientation of the board is actually pretty set that's because just it a, continually uh, goes from left to right. Like I said, that's just a weird observation that I noticed. That's so cool. anyway, like I was saying, so they attack and it'll attack your monsters. If you're flying, it attacks you directly. Typical whatever. It's And it's the first to... Well, okay. I want to say the it's other interesting part of combat. I want to say basically it's the first to five, right? But there's a scale. It uses a scale. It if you uses can do, a scale system. If you can do five damage on your first turn, you win. 
Like, because the scale is boom, right in the middle. It can go five positive. It can go five negative. Um, Obviously, if your opponent is beating you and they deal, let's say they deal four, then you have to deal that four back plus an additional five to win. Right. So, so it's on a scale system as opposed to a point system, but basically it's the first to five points. I would say that a general idea, because the scale is more of like a representation of what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, the goal is to be five points ahead. Um, ahead. Exactly. Yes. You want to be five points ahead because sometimes um, at different intervals in this game, like you can find yourself going really deep into a, a fight. Like, and you see a ton of different coins in the scale, and you're like, man, like, this game's going a while. And it's kind of like high stake, high reward at that point where, um, you know, if the game draws out a ton, which has happened to me, and you end up winning after struggling for that long, you get all that, those chips and stuff like that. You know, you get all that you win and stuff like that. Well, if you I'm win. not mistaken. Yeah. Um, you win. So, so games can just, like, go super long, go long. And it, it, it just depends and it just like you're watching that scale go up and down the whole time but and so so that's important to understand like why can games take so long and it's because the game implements a deck building aspect right yes. so you start you always start with a deck of squirrels i don't know how many squirrels maybe 20 squirrels i don't know probably something like um that. and then you start the game with like three or four cards that are not squirrels and that's it but so You'll start on the board and then you move to a space and that space may be a battle where you fight the person and if you win, cool. If you lose, you actually get two chances to lose. Your candles. Um, which I'm going to touch on that in a second too because you don't initially have candles if you remember. But there's there's reason. Um, but so like, and sometimes those spaces will be like, you'll go to the space and you'll be given an option of three cards right card one card two card three and you get that option to add that card to your deck so your deck grows and so there's all kinds of different spaces then i think this is the biggest part of the game right like you're sitting there you're playing you're learning and then your opponent says maybe you should take a break or you or you lose you know you lose a fight He's like, you know what? I need you to go and get that candle over there. I'm like, what? What do, what do you mean? He's like, get up from the table and look around. I'm like, wait, what? What do you mean? Yeah, dude. And so it tells you to like press, uh, I think like S on your keyboard, right? And so you back up from the table and yeah. you realize that you're in a cabin and you can actually move around and look around the room. Yeah, the game opens up completely and you're like, wait a minute. What game am I playing right now? Yeah, I thought it was just a card game going in. And someone was like, ooh, it's, it's also an escape room. And I'm like, well, I didn't understand that. I didn't know what you meant. But uh, yeah, so you find out you're in the cabin. This, the, you see a door. This door's locked. Um, and then there's like other things in there, in the room, that, um, long story short, are like puzzles some of it is to help you learn the game which you find these like locks on uh like it's like a dresser like drawers yeah it's like a puzzle thing and it teaches it's basically teaching you different mechanics of cards and as you do that you open it which adds more cards to your deck and future cards that you can get um something interesting to know about that specific 
puzzle, if I'm not mistaken, or I, I guess in this section, is um, at, at a certain point you get called in playing because you do this and then you you eventually you're like you you are engaged with puzzles. You're like I can't quite figure this out. Maybe I'll go back to the game and play it a little bit. The game will do this thing where it's like, well, why don't you? Oh no! Oh, Mister Popular. Great slide in. Re-entrance. Dude, check out my socks. Oh, let's go. $100. Billy's, baby. Boom. With the Benjis. Benjis. Anyway, right. my bad. My alarm went off. Oh, that's cool. On my phone. So, that's... so you're not popular. You're just prepared. You're just waiting. Yeah. You're prepared for something. I don't know what that alarm's for. Who knows? I really have no idea. That's true. Anyway, so we're talking about this room. So the game has a way of like... So it's... You start out... You, like Doc said, you get up from the the... The table you start exploring the area you're met with a couple puzzles that you're like man i can't really figure this out so I'll sit it down but the game eventually is like well you know what maybe you need to get up maybe you need yeah, to yeah. take a break or something like that so you end up doing these things you'll spend more time with the puzzles you break it open at some point i don't remember the beginning exactly but you're um you're met with these almost story like these character cards right you're you right? have so you're met with a card called the stoat that's right do you know him is he in your deck immediately uh yes that's what i i thought the i wasn't stoat, sure the start is the stoat is in your starting deck um he's always there and he's like your guide like your mentor kind of that like he he directs you if you get stuck like maybe you're having a hard time winning um, or you just don't know what to do next. Every time you draw him or something, he says something and he'll t- he'll kind of help you and give you hints on like what to do maybe in the game or what to do in the uh, cabin itself. Right. Um, different things like that. And, and eventually you end up meeting a, a second one of those, right? And um, after a while of doing a couple more of the puzzles and stuff involved in the room, you met a third card. Mm-hmm. So by you know, X amount of time, you have three different cards now that as you draw them in your deck, they interact with you. They interact with you. They interact with each other. Exactly. Which is super cool. And they're helping you. Um, and there's, story, they're there's you drama, the right? Yeah, there's drama between them. Like they, they're they're saying they're friends or they're not friends. Um, they're like, oh, geez, not him. Like yeah. kind of comments like that. You're I like, love, whoa, what's, they, what's going on there? They have personalities too, which is really funny because there are instances where you can, um, in the actual game, like when you're playing the card game, you can like fuse cards together and you can sacrifice cards to other cards to give their them abilities. Yeah. And like sometimes like the stoat is a good example. He's like, he's like, no, don't pick me. Don't pick me. Yeah. But, uh, uh stink bug, I think it was stink bug. Yeah. Stinky. Stinky, stinky. stinky is like, I'll do it. I'll do. Take me. <laughs> pick me. <laughs> it's so funny. So, so they have their own like, uh, flavor and their own story, um, interactions with each other. And they're just really good guides, uh, to the game. And I, I want to applaud this game in the, the way that it guides you into what to do next. Like sometimes it's obnoxious and like the stoat is like, do this 
do this. And you're like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But every time you see it, it's like, listen, do this. But but I will say like this game is super organic or maybe I can't say to everyone because sometimes you have mega gamers that go in and they're like breaking the fourth wall the whole time. They're not in, they're not immersed, but Mm -hmm. the immersion for me was like, I, I kind of like read those things as tutorials and I ignored it. I was like, "Ah, I don't want to do that. Like, I just want to play this card game. I know what I'm doing. I don't want to play them. Because we thought it was just a card game. Eventually, you're met with a field of bears. Oh, if you if you advance too far too fast, or you haven't done the right things, you're met with a field of bears. You're met with a field of bears, and that this are, is confusing at first. They because are, you're like, what I do? I don't understand. They're For literally, someone, they're four six bears, so they have four attacks, six health, and they can block flying creatures so you're unable to attack directly yes and eight of them appear right and like glitches in it's like too far too fast yep so (laughs) and i'm like uh playing on stream with playing this game on stream everyone's like nope you went too fast i'm like what do you mean i'm good at magic like i'm a decent magic player i can tell right now that i'm playing the card game appropriately and well you're not gonna tell me i'm not but this game is a little bit more than a card game, isn't it, Doc? I would say yes. I'd well, say the fact that the fact that you can walk around the cabin is already more than a card that game. Alone. You can do some puzzles. But it's almost even more. just peppering it in because it's still as you get up, the there are some interesting artifacts throughout the cabin, admittedly, but uh, you're still kind of engulfed in this card game aspect, mm. right? That's the main um, main drive. So you're just like, all right, I should probably get back to the card game until throughout like this way or that way like you said like the game is super good at guiding you uh no matter where you're at in the game it's good at pushing you in the right direction that you need to be um throughout this whole thing eventually you realize maybe this is a little bit more some mm-hmm. maybe something's a little fishy here you know what i mean fishy <laughs> <laughs> that's funny isn't it maybe something a little bit more is going on here and uh, you don't necessarily, I think, notice that at first, right? It's not like that part is not super in your face. Right. I'm trying to figure out where you're getting at because you're being like super cryptic. It's, it is. It, I mean, it's a pretty cryptic game. It's pretty cryptic, and, uh, which, by the way, we didn't say this, which I think, fortunately, up to this point, there has not been any, too many spoilers. There's been a couple, but this is the point. Can we admit this is probably close. Oh, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is probably close to the point where spoilers. We've given you the main mechanics of the game. You could probably play thirty that's, minutes. That's why you've been cryptic. I'm like, that's why. I'm like, why is he being so cryptic? So, there are massive spoilers. Right. You see it. You got it now. There's they probably are, an alarm going on right now. There's probably a spoiler. Alarms. Probably not. Fucking I'll forget. I'll forget to add it in there. Yeah. So you but, just heard uh, us saying spoilers for the last almost a minute so, saying there are spoilers. So everything that we've talked about right now, you can probably digest within the first 30 to 40 minutes of playing the game. Now, take note, uh, this game is not an hour or two hours long. It's a long game. It's long. So buckle in, ladies and gents and peoples of Scrub Hub Buds. Um you're about to you're about to digest the rest of the game. Yeah. 
All right, here we go. Let's go. All right. Now we've given you the spoiler tag. Now we're actually going to talk about this game, about this story, about all the craziness that is Inscription. That's right. Act one. Act one, baby. Here we go. Everything we said up to this point is still true, right? The gameplay mechanics, all that stuff happens. However, there's one thing you do learn pretty early, and that's death cards. That's right. Death cards are kind of what they sound like. If you fail, you get two options to fail, unless you found the third candle. That's right. Um, which that's one thing uh, we didn't bring up. There's items. There are items in it. There are items. So so you get items like some like scissors or free squirrels or um, the lamb jar of goo. Uh, the goat. It's a goat. That's right. Oh, that it is a goat. You're right. Which is just another card that gives you extra blood. So death cards happen when you fail. The character you're fighting against basically says, hey, I've got something for you. Takes you into the back room that you can't get into, then snaps a picture of you and creates a card out of you. Now you have a death card. Which is made up. It's an amalgamation of your card's or some of your cards, I guess, that you've gathered up to this point. And then essentially you restart, you start a new run, and you do it again. Right. And this is a super cool feature that over time you'll come to learn that it's not only super story-oriented, but it's also kind of a mechanic in the game to help you progress in the game. Because as I'm sure you'll find out, uh, or maybe start to get the feeling, there's a little bit more to this game than what you're experiencing right mm-hmm. now. There's there's cryptic messages throughout. There's like ambiguity. Ambiguity. Is that a word? Ambiguity. Ambiguity. Sorry. You just am, am, emphasis am, on the wrong syllable. Yeah. Um, but there there are there's certain parts of this game that you you find and you're like, man, I want to unlock that a little bit more. I feel like there's something more to that. And at like that, you get the death card and you start the game over and you're like, okay, there's got to be more to this, mm-hmm. right? And oh, that's, yeah, that's sure. when I think the game and, really starts to open up for you. And so there, there are different instances. We've, we talked about the talking cards um, and they do, they tell you where to go next. They help you to the next thing. Um, specifically once you unlock the third card, the wolf, which you don't get until if you don't know. So the game progresses ac- across the game board. You encounter different things. Like I said, fusing cards, um, giving power from a card to other cards. Uh, you get the traitor and the trapper, which are their own unique, right. um, unique bosses. things. There are bosses that you fight and must fight to progress to what I would classify as a new area on the map. Right, so you unlock a new... It's actually a new... It is a new area yeah, because like there's, a new, a, there's a little descriptor. It's like, you've entered the blah, blah, blah. Because... This is a, you have entered the... Because the blank, person blank, you're blank. playing against is all about the story and the flavor of the game. Oh, yeah. Which is only emphasized so much more. Oh, yes. Yes. And and so so these cards tell you, and then eventually, so the stoat helps you and guides you to finding Stinky, the stink bug, and then they tell you about another 
a card. So you're like, oh, well, shoot. Okay, there's another card. Which is right here in this moment is when you start to get some of the drama because uh, the Sto is kind of, like you said, he's got a personality to him. You pick up on that pretty quickly and he's like, well, we have to find someone else. We have to get out of this well, conundrum. The, he, he, wants to get, he wants to get out of this situation. So like you, you're finding out Especially with the death cards, they you're do. Finding they make out, comments like, "Oh, we're in this again. We're in this yeah, again." You're, like, you're essentially finding out that your opponent has a camera, and this camera is used to capture the souls of people, and and are turned into cards. So you're 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 slowly finding out that these characters were originally people, kind of, and they were turned into cards, and that's why they're talking. And they won out of the situation and the stink bug's like, Hey, we know someone else. And the stoat's like, Oh no, I don't, I don't want anything to do with them. So you find out there's a third one and you have to progress to a certain point and you get a certain item. You get like a knife. (laughs) Like you can actually, I think you can progress. I know for a fact you could progress all the way to the end to the final boss you could beat the final boss and the game does a really good job of guiding you where to go that it shows you like a flashback and it, it goes to a scene where you see this guy like standing in front of a painting and the painting has a knife on it and that's all it is. So then it's like by the end, you're like, wait, what? Right. And then it kind of hints you to find a knife or use the knife if you already have it. Um, and the knife leads you to a really gruesome, like cutting your eyeball out. Right. And it's an item, by the way, it's an item that you, you find in the house yeah, through, uh, through via some puzzles, puzzles and stuff. And then you're like, oh, well I have this knife, but you, un- you, you, you recognize that it's like, oh, it's giving me the animation scene at the same as when I like get a normal item. You're like, oh. And then you go into battle and it's sitting because you can see when you're in a like a fight with your, you know, your opponent or the your DM, your dungeon master mm-hmm. across from you. You can see all the items you can use, like your scissors or your your extra squirrel capsules, your your uh, your goat that you can sacrifice. You can see all that stuff on the side. But when you go back into the the normal gameplay of like your fight, you can now see a knife. Yeah. And you're like, oh, what's that knife for? For me personally, for a while, I was like, well, I kind of put a lot of work in for that knife. I don't necessarily want to use it just yet. Yeah. Um, and I played for a while until a very detrimental moment. And I was like, I don't even know what this does. And it gives this little subtext. I don't remember what it was. Maybe you can pull it up or like. Oh, uh, maybe. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you guys should just play the game because you uh, really just You should. need to play it. Like if you're already watching... I assume if you're watching us talking about this right now, you've played at least this part of the game. Right. You should we're, have at least played this we're part. ruining the Maybe game. Maybe we should say this right now. I'll say it right now. You've gotten minimal spoilers. You really should just, if you haven't played it yet, stop, stop this podcast. This is your second spoiler warning. Second spoiler warning. Stop playing the game. Literally stop. Stop listening to this podcast. Go play the game. It's amazing. But I got to a point where I was like, man, I don't even know what this knife does. I haven't clicked on it yet. I clicked on it and it gave me this nice little like subtext and it would did, said something ambiguous. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't even know what this does. Is this going to help me? Yeah. And I used it and 
like you said, you like cut, you cut your, your eyeball, eyeball out and you drop your eyeball on the scale because it counts as points. And you're like, oh. And now for the remainder of the game, you now have like the screen. Like you actually like That's have a hard time seeing it's foggy on the right side. Only for the remainder of the game you're playing. For the, yeah, so for the, until you go through like the end of with Leshy and all that stuff, and he. Dang, spoilers with the name, even. Well, you dropped Leshy. No, I did not. Oh, I'm sorry. I did not. Well, what's his name? When do you find out his name? I don't remember. Um, I think the Stote says it at one point. Does he? But I think you find out before. Okay. Before the end. Um, um, but you don't know for a good minute. Well, I won't necessarily say his name again until we <laughs> definitively know. <laughs> so, but, so. The, the knife takes your eye out, but you're only blind for the game, that remainder of the game, mm-hmm. that game that you're playing. Right. Because once you win, well, obviously, if you lose, you're dead, and you get a death card, you start over. But if you win, your opponent... <laughs> opponent? Your dungeon master? <laughs> See, I, I kept um, continuity for the most slides, part. Slides a chest towards you and says, well, it wouldn't be fun if you're blind you know, uh, for the whole time. Slides this chest open, and the you the chest opens up, and there's all kinds of eyeballs in it, right? And um, if if you're far enough through the story that is being presented to you piece by piece, if you're far enough, there's a glowing eyeball. It's right. If you're not far enough, there's no glowing eyeball. So it's very possible to use the knife too early, too early, not get the glowing eyeball. And still have no idea that you need to use the knife. Right. Um, and so what the, the glowing eyeball um, you find out later is uh, an eyeball that is to someone else. And it allows you to see things in the cabin and things that you wouldn't normally see. One of those things is the cuckoo clock. That's right. The cuckoo clock shows arrows where you line up the cuckoo clock to solve a puzzle. Boom. You get your third talking card. The wolf. That's right. And the wolf also behind him. He's like, hey, here's camera film. Take this right now. He's like, quick, quick, grab it now. Because your dungeon master (laughs) is like, wait, what are you doing? What are you doing over there? And then, you know, you grab the film and you grab the card, Mm -hmm. dig it. And you're like, okay, let me sit back down. You start playing some more. Yeah. So, so as we said, you go through this game, you've gone through bosses and eventually, you know, maybe you go through once and you get to the final boss, which is your uh, opponent, your dungeon master, your game master, and maybe you beat him. Cool. Guess what? You get, honestly, he traps you in a card. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. Yeah. If you, if you lose, you get trapped into a card and you get a death card that you get to use in the game. If you win, he immortalizes you as a winner and turns you into a card and slaps you on the door. Right. Unless you're far enough where you have the film. And in which case, um, you have to beat him now. So you beat him and then his camera's like sitting on the shelf and you grab the camera and you slap film in there and then bam, you snap a picture of him and it captures him. It captures him. And he's trapped in a car, and boom, he's just on the wall of the cabin. So cool, man. Super cool. And so that's that moment where I'm like, yes, finally, 
we're done. We're done with this game. It's been a super blast. There's all kinds of combinations of cards and interactions and things that we could get into, but we would just talk about it forever. Yeah, There's we could so really ramble. many things. And I've watched multiple people. It would be rambling. I've watched multiple people play this game so many different times, and I'm still seeing things I've never seen. It's crazy. Still seeing things I've never seen, interactions I've never seen. Um, I just watched... I just watched a Markiplier video and he opened a box and got an item out of it that I've never seen. I'm like, what in the world, man? That's so crazy. So then, so your opponent now, I think at this point you probably know his name. If not, you're about to find out his name. Um, But he's gone. He's in the card. Boom. You turn. There's this glowing car on this pedestal, you know, flashing and, and blinking. And it's the new game card. And if you remember, we said that earlier that you could only continue. You could only load a new game at the beginning of the game. You could only you first load, download it. Yeah, load a game that was previous. You continue. So now here's the new game card. So you grab the new game card. All the lights go out. And you sit there and you're like, oh, well, what the heck do I do? <laughs> right. You don't know what to do now. So ultimately, you exit the game. Right? right. Like you exit, you go back to the main menu. But now, now you can play new game. That's right. And that's when you're like, that's kind of weird, right? So, of course, what do you do? You hit new game because you didn't do that before. Right. And then enter act two. <laughs> or is it pseudo act one? Because Dude. It's, because it's new game. It is a new game. It is pseudo act one. So, obviously, spoilers. Like, if you're still watching this and you haven't played this game... We're going to just it. ruin this whole you gotta thing. You got to play it. You just got to play I it. I was really, honestly, I was against doing this originally. It was I was just... so much against it, but I feel like I feel like you can't talk about this game and not do that. You just have to spoil because it. Because there's nothing to say about it if you're not going to spoil it. Because it, you either... all you can say is this game's so good. This game's so good. This part's good. Yeah, you either play it and then you have a conversation like this about it. Because you can't or, talk about Act 2. Yeah, or you just don't talk about it at all. You're just like, you got to play it. It's a card game. And you just do what you want with it. Man, until we it, really want Until you're ready to play it, I can't talk to you about it. We really wanted to talk about this. So we kind of decided that's why you got 4,000 freaking spoiler warnings. Right. So it enters Act 2, which is basically booting up the game again it's like it's like like i said it's almost like act one in a way kind of i've decided there's a part of this game we're not going to talk about i think i think we can do this without talking about it maybe so the game the game because i've already skipped it i haven't even mentioned it yet there's parts of this game that maybe we won't mention so the game starts up you're technically in act two it's like it's a retelling of the original of the origins of a description. It tells you about the four scribes and how they created cards. You had Leshy, who is the scribe of beasts. That's right. He he's the scribe and he used his magic camera to capture beasts and turn them into cards. You had Grimora, who used her uh, quill to write the epitaphs of people. That into cards. got turned into cards. Yeah. Uh, Magnificus, who used his uh, paintbrush and painted people into cards. And you had PO3, who used, I think it's like a particle 
machine to turn people yeah. people and things robots into cards and so it tells you this whole grand like story of the origins of cards and then it drops you into this like 2d freaking like 8-bit kind of a a world that is now a adventure game yeah man you're like walking around a map and my immediate thoughts like dude so immediate upon loading this up was um legend of zelda one yeah like that's it's, a, it's, it's a, kind of what it looks like it's, it's an, an overview that 2D, map yeah. where you're like walking to an area then you click a on it and then you go into the area um but it's completely 2d map and you like you go to a certain place and you click a and you go up and you're brought to an area like this is your destination and you can what you see a character you walk up to him you see a bridge that's kind of broken and you're like you talk to him and they're they say oh this bridge is down right now you need to go yeah go go away for a little while check back in a little bit so you are you're exploring this area and there's things to check out in the environment right because um, because you're like it, it it talks about the four scribes and it talks about the player who has come to replace one of the scribes. That's right. Because like so it drops you in and it says, and the player arrived, and the player is there to replace one of the four scribes. That's right. And then you get to choose one of one the four of scribes, and it gives you a starting deck of cards. Yeah, it's kind of assigning your deck. So this is almost like I don't know, dude. It's so strange. We're in Act 2 now. Mm-hmm. Um, we finished the game, obviously, yeah, so we yeah. can recognize it as Act 2. But on my first playthrough of the game, I was like, okay, now I'm starting the game. Now I'm mm. actually playing the game because I got my starting deck. I got to select, like, yeah. oh, what deck do I want to start with? And I picked um, the Scribe of the Dead, was Grimora. Oh, so you're I doing, really, like, bone cards and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so I really liked the bone and I picked, aspect. I and, picked uh, uh, PO3 which That's was cool. the uh, robot cards, which used energy, which so two entirely different decks. And then you could have picked the scribe, which is uh, beast cards. And you could have picked Magnificus, which is magic cards. Um, because it, And they all use their own systems. Now, the thing about this that was super cool. So now you have an overworld and you can kind of explore it. Um, you're still playing a card game. But the, yeah, it's the card a little, game's The different. format's a little different. So you went from like this deck building type of a find a car random and you're building a random deck to actually building your deck. You start with whatever deck you chose. You chose Grimora, so you have mostly bone cards. I chose robot cards. Cool. But as you're playing, you find people to face off against. You beat them and you get booster packs. And these booster packs give you five cards. And then you can take cards out of your deck, throw cards into your deck, and you actually get to build your own deck, and it's not random. So you have a little bit of strategy uh, for you to mess with. Right. And you also get uh, you get an in-game currency. I can't, I can't quite remember what... Foils. Fo- that's right. You get foils. So um, as Doc kind of described, there's the four scribes, and um, you know, you're running into different people. There's also shops where you get the opportunity to buy either a booster pack mm-hmm. where you get to pull certain cards and whatnot. There's different rarities of cards and whatnot, uh, similar to Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic, Pokemon, stuff like that. Um, but you can also buy singles. Like, you can buy a... Um, you. What's the squirrel that you can repeatedly sacrifice? 
uh, or like the squirrel ball. Um, uh, pack squirrel? Pack squirrel. There's just certain kinds of cars that the shops change too. So you want to check back um, after you make a couple fights or maybe you fight a boss. Oh, or do like they? That. I didn't know that. Yeah, thought... the, the, the items change. In like because... I know there's a, there's a shop in each each of the four there's four locations that you ultimately go to um and there's different shops each shop dedicated to that scribe and what cards they would normally offer right so like excuse me pleasures. so the um the cards like the singles would actually change i knew like i don't when know you how bought often a card, they would change i knew when you bought a card it replaced it with a different one but i didn't know they changed i'm not sure how often that would happen but i know there was one like the Maybe not the infinitely sacrificing squirrel, but I wanted to buy more squirrels or something like that. Or no, it wasn't squirrels. It was the uh, the gek. The gek. That was when I really started trying to dig into the shop. Because was the, the gek in the second part? I don't remember. Yeah, because the gek was a... Uh, it oh, was a, free. It was a free 1-1. One, one, free 1-1, one, one, which was a big the, deal. Yeah, the big deal was the free 1-1. One, one, so you could play free 1-1s one, that could attack still, but they're also versatile. You could use them to easily sack for other items yeah. they give you a bone um and the name of the game's still the same and to deal five more five damage you know like get the right so the scale system is still you basically still have the scale so you want to be up by it five yeah uh there were I, something we didn't actually say previous to getting into act two uh, which i think is important is there were certain things as like a as a magic player, I was looking for ways to, in the act, the first act, to be mega strategic, like to meta max my deck mm-hmm. um, while I could. And I did something with the totems because we didn't talk about the totems too much. Oh, that's true. Where I did the infinite squirrel. So if you sacrifice a squirrel, when a squirrel dies, it goes back into your hand. So you can just get in this combo of like, Play squirrel, sacrifice it, goes back to your hand. Play squirrel, sacrifice it, goes back to your hand. So you make infinite in my magic players. Maybe I don't know too much about Yu Gi Oh. Um, Shoot, I was, has I was turn zero infinite combos where you just lose. <laughs> so I was getting Yu Gi Oh is broken. I'm sorry if they're Yu Gi Oh fans. Yu Gi Oh is broken. Yu Gi Oh might be more broken than magic. I'm not really sure, but as a magic player, magic is considered the hardest um, game in existence. Magic is. That was a. I feel good right now because I, f- I feel like I'm pretty good at magic. Because I'm because, not a pro, but because there's good. so many cards and there's so many combinations, it's considered one of the hardest games to learn. That's fair. So, like to all my magic players or my TCG players in general that kind of understand the lingo, I was understanding early in the first act. I was like, oh, I just figured out a like an infinite combo. Like I figured out the best possible combination for this game right now. Free. Mm-hmm. resource sure Free resources yeah so then like but then act one ended and i was like like when you discover something like that like game breaking you're like oh i broke the game like yeah. i beat it bro like i got it and the game takes it away. and then the game all it takes it all away and yeah, you're like and then so the reason i bring that up is because when i started messing with the shop and stuff i was like okay ladies and gents of the chat we're looking for infinite squirrels. That's all we're trying to do right now. Let me get, give me the infinite squirrels, baby. And um, there's more to work with in the second act. As far oh, there's as deck so forming. much more. You don't immediately start with that because different from you, um, I picked something I was familiar with because it 
it didn't necessarily tell me. I thought that the one with the dead seemed sick. It just seemed cool. Yeah. Um. So I was like, I'll pick that. And then I have slowly discovered, okay, we're using the chips and stuff in this one. But unbeknownst to me, there are way more mechanics that got introduced that I didn't know about simply because um, the deck I picked was using a mechanic that was introduced in the first part of the game. And of the two bosses that you have to pick from to defeat initially, um, first being Leshy Mm -hmm. and the second being Grimora because the bridge getting to the second half of the game or this act is broken. So you have to do, you have to be one of things. Um, so you're not, unless you pick, (laughs) it's really funny real quick. Like even the person on the bridge tells you like, it'll get fixed. Probably about the time it takes you to beat one of them. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It's so funny. So (laughs) good. It's like, just if I'm being honest. Right. So like, um, so unless you picked one of those other two decks, there are like mechanics in the card game that got introduced that you don't even know about yet. Oh yeah, and that's what I did. I picked PO3. So, so you I'm dealing knew. with robot stuff. Then I'm You're like, like, what is this? I'm like, what like, is energy and all of this? It does give you a small uh, tutorial and when you start using that it? deck. Yeah. Okay, that's to cool. let you know. Like if you if you chose the robot, it says, Hey, just so you know, you get energy every turn and this and that, and you have to spend the energy to play the card. It it does do that. Um but <laughs> once. <laughs> right. It does it one time so if you're wild. not paying attention. So if it's not already implied, when you go to Leshy's section, he's the scribe of the beast. He's uh, as you're playing these games, you'll discover this stuff. He uses squirrels. He he uses wolves. He uses mantis gods for his creatures and something. Those, those are primarily his god. creatures. Mantis god is a nasty little card. It's good. It's it's the card that carried me like almost the whole game. So many good cards. But then Grimora, the scribe of the dead, they utilize more on which. Okay, so Leshy, he's more sacrificing using blood to summon creatures and stuff like that. Leshy, or excuse me, Grimora is more using bones that you get from sacrificing stuff. So when your stuff dies, you gain a bone. And you get a you bone. Those bones to summon more things. Right. So those are kind of mechanics that you were introduced early in the game, um, which are the two, like I said, two first boss fights that you can be introduced into in the first section of Act 2. Now you get past that, you beat those, which is there's a ton right there, by the way, even just in those, because like you said, there's there's so much. There's still more puzzles. There's, there's puzzles that you have there's, to defeat. There's several people you have to fight that gives you extra booster cards. Right. So we're kind of flying through this a little bit, but there's so there's just a lot. Much. We're getting to a lot right now. Um, um, and it's not honestly, it's not a lot of story. Either. No, it's a lot of like. It's a lot of just presenting you with a different way to lo- literally like experience the game as a whole, visually, audibly, even in a lot of ways, um, mechanically, even. But it's still the same game. It's just it's still, like yep. making you look and experience at it a different way to the point where you're like, like you're like, oh, this is a different game. But then you start doing, you're like, it's not. So you start to recognize it. You're just becoming aware of it. You're mm-hmm. becoming aware of the circumstances of this game as a player. Right, you're just like fully aware. You're like, what? Yeah. something's going on. You're taking here. something that you learned in the first part and applying it to the second part, and they expanded it. Yeah, in a really, really cool way, and it's about to get even crazier. It is about to get completely blown out of the fucking water. 
so in Act Two, so you have two bosses on the right side of the screen, where you're exploring, you're exploring this world, you're fighting people, and you're ultimately you're fighting Leshy again, um, in a two D kind of a cool way. You fight Grimora. Um, once you defeat one of them, it opens the bridge to the other side of the screen where you get to experience uh, Magnificus and his magic stuff, and you learn a lot about the magic cards um, and the PO3. Uh, PO3 stuff, all the robot stuff. So that's how you gain access to more of those types of cards. That's the easiest way. There are shops. If you prefer the magic, if you prefer the robot cards, I started with robot cards. So I had almost zero access to more robot cards. So I had to build my deck in a way that was actually beneficial to the first half um, with beast cards and dead cards and a little bit of robot stuff. So I feel like that was kind of a mistake. Um, so you're in this new game, you're in this new world, you're, you're dropped in with the job of your goal is to replace one of these scribes, right? But you have to beat all four of them, right? So you beat all four, you get little bits of story here and there enough that when I played the very first time, I thought Leshy was a bad guy. I was like, Leshy's just a bad guy, just trapping people in cards. Um, and that's just what it was. Then there was a little hint in uh, Magnificus's tower. There was a book. And this book, um, Magnificus is writing to Grimora, talking about PO3 and saying, PO3 has this plan, this great transcendence. And he's like, this isn't a good idea. It's not a good idea, basically, and says, we need to make sure PO3 doesn't do this. And that's, that's it. That's like, that's all the note says. Right. And so now after you defeat all four of these bosses, you go back to these, uh, tomes where you found the decks in the first yeah, place. Yeah. There's tombstones. Are, like, I didn't know if they were tombstones that's or if the they're way just that like, I kind of felt um, or if they're just like, uh, plaques. Yeah. Something, something like, like that. Almost like just, yeah, they, they look like tombstones. We can call them tombstones. So you go back to this place and now you're re-given the opportunity to decide who you want to replace. You've defeated all four scribes. You've basically proven your worth. Now they're like, okay, which scribe are you going to replace? I still picked PO3 because that's where I started. Same. I still picked Grimora. I was like, I'm, I'm sticking and with it. And I've seen, I've seen people um, pick Magnificus and I've seen people pick Leshy, I believe. And so what happens is if you pick anyone except for PO3, they all seem to say, oh, thanks, but, and like back away, right? And then PO3 steps up and is like, my time is now, you're going to fight me. And you go into a, a final boss with PO3 and PO3 is like, normally you would have a big final boss with someone else. He's like, but this is what we're going to do. And then um, this is a part of the story that I don't I don't really understand exactly what's happening right there. I don't, because you beat PO3. No, you don't. You don't beat PO3. PO3 plays a card that when you attack it, it causes everything to go crazy nutty. 
You don't even fight PO like you barely fight PO3. The PO3 fight is like it's you you have to break the game. That's PO3 summons a like this black like super crazy like glitchy oh, card. Oh, yeah, you're right. And that changes like and that that jumps us into act 3. Where freaking PO3 is like boom, I'm god. And you're yeah. going to do this and uh, gives us this whole thing about the great transcendence. And now PO3 has uh Botopia. And um, so now, but now you're back into like this 3d world instead of the 2d where kind of like where you were with Leshy. Right. So it kind of trans, it, it puts you, so your format of, of thinking now is like, okay, so you, you get through act one, you're in the cabin with Leshy that you now know now. And then you defeat him, and then you get the new game plus card, or the the new game card, not mm-hmm. new game plus. So you start the game over, and now you can actually start the game. Yeah, you start in, then you replace a scribe, go through X, Y, and Z. You get a little bit of story here or there. Find out about this plan that PO3 has, and now you're thrown into this to PO3's game, into PO3's version of what this thing that we're playing is like his version of the cycle is and, we're in now. And PO three is very much like Leshy only cared about flavor. Leshy only cared about the lore. Mm-hmm. Leshy didn't care about strategy. Leshy didn't care about this or that. And PO three is like, it's strategy. This is a strategy game. Now it's no longer this, um, roguelike deck builder. It's no longer this build your own deck thing. PO3 straight up, this is why I like PO3 so much. PO3 straight up copies Leshy in almost everything, down to the cards. The cards are robot versions of Leshy's cards. Yeah. And and PO3's like, but my way's better. PO3's like, you had four lanes with Leshy, now you have five lanes with me because mine's better. Yeah. But Leshy's also a crappy DM. You know? Yeah. yeah <laughs> like yeah. Leshy's like, up, uh, um, you won, something happened, pretend it exploded. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like but uh, so, so PO3 is all about the strategy and is only cares about the great transcendence, only cares about you achieving, going through Botopia, defeating the four bosses to bring about the great transcendence. Yeah, the great transcendence. It's all about the great transcendence. That's all PO3 uh, cares about. PO3 is like, I'm the greatest. You suck. Even in instances, it's like your deck, uh, your deck sucks. Yeah. And so even like the bonuses you get throughout the map, because you're still exploring a map, right? Yeah. It's um, just in different kinds of And map. there's like shop, like or I should say a shop, or the, there's little like things you can interact with and whatnot. But sometimes when he gives you like a bonus to your card or things like that, where he'll take one of your cards away and give you a new one, he's like, well, seems like you could probably use it. So I'll help you out. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's suit like condescending and just yeah. kind of like PO3 is just like whatever you're the player you're the one doing this I need you to but I don't care I'm better and so it's a completely opposite aspect of Leshy and that's why I like PO3 and it just adds so much to the character and so so you're doing this it's it's the same map as the 2D world but it's in a 3D environment now. Like, so you still, you still have like Leshy's cabin and Grimora's yeah. place. You still have these people uh, thing and they're still the bosses. 
um, with some like robot technical uh, things. And then um, <laughs> you're on like this projected, proje it's like a projection right from a computer. And partway through the battery dies. People are just like, oh, battery's dead. I guess you can get up from the table. And you're la like shackled to the table. Yeah, so when you start up like act three, you realize that you're shack shackled to the table because like he wants you to sit there. Like you're stuck. Like you're about to play the game with Pia. You're going to pay, you're going to play Pia 3's game. Yeah, you're going to play. And PO3 is like, fine, I'll let you up, but you go get that battery, you come right back. Right. Like you didn't, PO3 did not want you exploring. PO3 is like, no, you go, you come back, you sit down. That's what's happening. PO3's items were different too, which was really neat. Yeah. Because like Leshy's items, you kind of found or you got to choose from. PO3 is like, here's your item, you can use it. And you, you had the ability to recharge your items, so they came right back, um, which was really cool. And PO3 is like, use it because like once you use it you can't use it unless you recharge yeah but it's like see how nice am i letting you be able to constantly use these items yeah he, he further like like in bolstering himself as like a, a dm or like this is my game like my game's better and so we say all that to come down so there's not so there's different things. There's some puzzles here in this in this area. Um, your main goal is to defeat the four bosses. You do that. Which are all completely different. They have their own new mechanics now and their own new difficulties about them. And actually, I think they were easier. Like, I think... I uh, thought they were generally easier except for one. I think there was one that was super annoying, but I don't think it was... Hard. Well, no, it was, it was the one where, like, tricky. your friends... Is that the one? Where, like, it summons your friends... To fight against you? No, the one that I'm thinking That's of where was I, I the one where you had to break the game, where it was like, okay, now let's add another rule. Oh, the rule. Oh, that's what it was. It was adding rules. You were creating yeah, rules. Yeah, so it was and... like every time you played a card, a random card would take a five damage, or yeah. every time a card was played, a new card was made. So you, so you had some really interesting bosses, some really interesting mechanics, but your ultimate goal was to bring about the Great Transcendence. And PO3 is like, this is what you're doing. And ultimately you do, you beat those bosses, you go back to PO3 and PO3 is like, ha ha, great transcendence. That's kind of the end of inscription, right? This whole time, we haven't talked about it up until now because I think this is the backbone of the game. The whole time, there's a real world element. Yeah, there's like a real... Like, there's almost yeah. like a, uh, I don't necessarily like saying a role-playing aspect, but there's a, you're fulfilling the role of a particular character while you're playing this game that you're not even fully aware of. Sometimes you would get, uh, there would be certain events that would happen that would pull you into a different section of the game and there would be this thing you would experience or sometimes a sound bite would happen and mm -hmm. it would be like, I can't believe this is happening. Like someone's or talking. Like someone is talking and breaking the immersion. Yeah. And, and, and the, it really did too. You're like in the game and you're like, Fuck. and the dialogue itself is literally as if you're hearing someone play the game and they're frustrated with it or like something. Or excited happens, that they or, did something. Or they're like, Whoa, that's super cool. And you're like, wait a minute. But it's kind of sprinkled in here and there where this like screen would come up. And you would get the opportunity to explore um, 
a YouTube content, yeah. uh, like a content creator. Luke um, Carter was his Luke name. Carter. He's the a, Lucky Carter. The, the, the he, Lucky Carter. He's a right. booster pack opening uh, kind of person. Super flavorful for the last couple years too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So you kind of start to unlock this story. Um, do we want to touch on that story at all or do we kind of want to let that? I think, yeah. I, I, I think this is a fair opportunity to kind of just talk about what is actually happening in this game. Right. And we get to talk about some things. And this is huge huge spoilers too this like, is this the last is, spoiler alert i think this is the backbone of the game and i think that's what makes it so good yeah so you learn about you learn about lucky carter luke carter after the first act well after the first time you fight leshy in the cat it throws you into a screen with some snippets of his youtube channel of him opening booster packs right then he oh is opening um inscription booster packs that he found at a uh, like a uh, garage sale, which we should back backtrack a little bit to him in his reality at this current time, because there's a little bit of time interlacing when you're watching these. You it takes some kind of discernment for the player to be like, oh, I get it. Yeah. So I mean, he's even... talking about this inscription game, and for him, it's a card like a physical. It's a, card game. It's a physical card game where you actual game. open like real packs, like yep. like you would go to Walgreens and buy a couple packs of inscription, like booster packs of right. cards. So for him, it was a physical, real game, right. not like a. And that's game. that's a fair point. And so he opens his pack, and he's like, "Ah, oh. he's like this pack's been opened. This pack's been opened before." So he opens the pack, and dude, let me tell you what, he sucks at booster pack opening. Dude, yeah, I'm does. like, dude, his just show sucks, us the bro. card. Like, show us the cards. And I wonder if that's like because they're not real. Obviously, they're not real cards. Maybe they are. But props. So he's like, hey, <laughs> hey, this uh, this booster pack's been opening. He's like, hopefully they didn't jack the rare out of it. That would suck. Yeah. And he opens it, and then he he goes through it, and he's like, someone wrote on this, and it gives him like GPS coordinates. <laughs> okay. And so he goes to the GPS coordinates with the shovel and his flashlight, and he finds this three and a half inch freaking floppy disk. Uh, and we're like, I mean like buried like a centimeter into the dirt. I'm right. like, I'm like, come on guys. Like it's super funny. It's super cringy, but he finds this and then he takes that home and he puts that into his computer after buying a, a floppy drive, puts that into his computer and it's a digital version, a video game version of inscription, which as you come to find out is, simply just the game that we are playing and have been playing this entire time so these little sound bites of this character getting excited or frustrated it's really just luke playing the game and mm -hmm. in a way we are luke experiencing the game yeah we're playing luke playing the game it's it's inscription inception inscription inscription <laughs> it's inception Oh, that's the word. inscription. Inscription. It's mm, it's inscription. inscription. <laughs> <laughs> it's um. Oh, dang it! I was just about to say something. Inscription. Inscription. So so we say all that. So that's the backbone of the story so far. So we say all that to get to PO three. PO three has this plan. PO three. Go. That's what I was gonna say. So like when you're watching these, when you get into this like section of the game where you're watching the 
Luke make this content and stuff like that. Why not? And then he gets the coordinates, goes out to the wood. For those of you, you're the OG, like, um, creepypasta fans, the OG YouTubers. It's got, like, a huge, huge Marble Hornets feel to it. Like, Slenderman people, you guys know. Go back and watch Marble Hornets. I don't that, know. I that don't whole, know it's like kind of a found footage, oh, okay, creepypasta yeah. style sure. project that started out um, kind of displaying the idea or the story of Slenderman, but it did it in a really tasteful way. It was actually started out as a college project, but um, dude, that's such a huge, in my opinion, huge homage to pay to like uh, millennial horror. I guess because I guess one of the biggest millennial horror staples is Slenderman, right? And like the whole, all the content that came from that and whatnot and Marble Hornets. That's really what made Creepypasta in my opinion. Well, one of the pillars of making Creepypasta, what it was, was sure. Slenderman and all the Marble Hornets things. So I only, out of all these things that you're saying, I only know Creepypasta. That's amazing. <laughs> so this is a small section for like the crazy YouTube people that know what I'm talking about. Like I've heard of Slenderman and I've seen the game, but that's it. Like you're saying Marble Hornets? Marble Hornets. Yeah, it was a... Uh, I have no idea what that is. So there was... Quick, 30 seconds. Slenderman existed. It was a, it was like a traditional like horror story, mythical thing. And then these uh, couple guys or um, these people in college, they were trying to make like a... Uh, a video project or something like that. So they end up making this whole fleshed out story um, of these videos, but there was like really poorly recorded. It was like heavily edited sometimes. It was super glitchy and mm. characters that were super scary. They were wearing masks and <laughs> um, it was super intertwined with the story and whatnot, but it was all a YouTube project. Um, but I, I really think it captivated a lot of viewers by how interesting it was and they would put an update out like every six months and the video update would be like 14 seconds long. And it would just be like, help me help me. And it's like, Holy fuck. Like, wow. I, we've been waiting six months for this video and it's just like this crazy piece of content. That's like, like that reminds me during footage. the, um, during the, uh, Cloverfield. Exactly. Movie, Cloverfield project. Very like, similar. They had months and months and months of just like crazy weird promotions. Like we like something would happen. And then like two months later, they'd be like, Hey, we updated the website. Like, Oh, and you go to the website and they added like one extra slide of a photo and that's right. it. And people are like, what, what is this? That's a whole nother thing. I love what, that movie. But so amazing that like you're playing this game the whole way, but it's just peppering in these small bits of like de immersion. Yeah. But it's in this, and it's it's a very interesting way to actually add immersion where you de-immerse your character and pull them out of the game super hard by presenting videos of this player it, or this guy. This and it really external does. external story. But by the end of the game, so much of it comes together and you're you're so kind of like understanding and becoming you're you're under this realization that you are Luke or Maybe you're playing a song alongside Luke and your destiny, your fate is the same as Luke's is like, yeah, or, these and, things are happening to and him. You're, or you're, I mean, at the very, at the very least, you're seeing what Luke went through. Right. At the very least. Yes. Like, I mean, that's what I always think, like found footage things. It's like, like Cloverfield. That's, you're watching the footage that was found after the fact. 
Right. So you're not okay. Yeah. So I I misspoke. You're not like playing as I don't know because like, like there's weird things where like you're playing the game and then Luke's voice comes in. Yeah. It, it's so it's so like it's almost it makes like it feel it does a really good job like a time it, continuum. It does thing. a good job of reminding you that you're not Luke, but the most of the game you're playing as though you are Luke. Yeah. So and it so it it just it gives you enough control that you're like cool I'm playing. And then Luke says something. You're like, oh, gosh darn, Luke. Right. And it's like, oh, because Luke is the one who played this. Because Luke was recording the game. You're playing the game that he recorded. It could be Which presumed, is so weird. It could be, I think, I don't think I want to say what this is. I don't, did you talk about the Great Transcendence? I, I talked about um, PO3 wanting to okay. bring about the Great Transcendence. I want to save this until after we understand as a scrub hub what the great transcendence was so what was the great transcendence doc oh we're going to talk about what the great transcendence. i don't know i don't know where where are we in the story right now like so we've gone through po3 um so we're at the po3 so we've got to um we find out basically po3 has this plan the great transcendence through that we find out that po3 has been guiding luke carter into finishing the game right pseudo finishing it like you 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 fight a boss where you use cameras to create cards you get po3 you grant po3 access to your hard drive and access to the internet which at certain times it does actually read files on your hard drive and you you pick like you pick files in your hard drive to interact wild. with the game. It's it's a lot of fun. It's it's pretty wild. And I like my thing got deleted. It's like okay, your file's gone. And I'm like, oh, so I immediately looked. I'm like, okay, no, it's not really yeah. gone, <laughs> but I thought it was. Yeah. So. So we're saying all this stuff. We're like, we're experiencing what Luke's experiencing. We're we're experiencing, like Luke's dealing with this real world stuff, of trying to contact the game company. To say, hey, I think I have a digital version of your game. And they're like, that's ours. Give it back. Like, that doesn't exist. Give it back to us. And things get and you're spooky. Like, wait, you're like, wait, what? And PO3 is like, ha, you helped me finish this game. Now I'm putting this game out on the internet. And you're like, wait, what the heck is happening? And then the whole time, you've gotten these little bits and pieces of story. But this is where the story is just crashing yeah you meet a crossroads to a point of luke's uh experience finding these cards and finding this game and what it means in real life you're you're dealing with you find the other scribes because you're in po3's world now right you find the other scribes like hidden deep in the dark they're like we have a plan we're going to stop po3 you find out like this is a cycle that's been happening over and over again um and and po3 even says that po3 is like this may be a cycle, but the, you helped me finish this. Mm. And it's like, and now because of that, it's going out here. It's going to the people, and I'm going to be the ruler a lot of the time. Like, yeah, for most of the except time, like, he accepts that maybe he's not, but he accepts like he's like, but I am. But and he's like, now the cycle will never end. And as it knows, like I will have been the one with your help. Like Luke, I used and, you to like to fulfill the great transcendence to upload it to everywhere so that i can exist for all time 
and it comes to this point. Um, can you stop the camera? All right. Anyway, so we stop the camera because this next part's the heaviest part of this entire game. We had to collect ourselves. And uh, oh, dude, yeah. And, and it's just so powerful. It's so impactful. And we just didn't have the time to record. <laughs> like we were running out of recording time. Yeah. So all this stuff we were saying is that this all culminates to this instance where PO3 is trying to do this great transcendence, having Luke help finish the game. Luke's dealing with stuff in real life, trying to figure out what the heck's going on with Game Funa, the company that created Inscription, the card game. He's dealing with like legal battles, talking to legal people. People showing up at his house uninvited. Um, he's freaking out, dude. This game is like making him freak out. He's like, ah. He tries to do some videos of him like opening cards, and he's like, so I can't. I, do I can't it. do this. like my life is not normal anymore. And uh, so you meet the other scribes, right? And the other scribes are like, let Po3 think he won. Let Po3 think. That they're doing what they're supposed to. We have a plan. And you're like, geez, oh, oh okay. Like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Let PO3 do the great transcendence. So you do. And then you go in this boss fight with PO3. And uh, you beat PO3. And PO3's like, ha, I've done it. You've helped me finish this game. You gave me access to the internet. You gave me access to your hard drives. You helped me finish cards. Um, He's like, that was the whole plan. And then, dude, out of nowhere, while this whole, all this stuff's happening, freaking Leshy just comes in. I think it's Leshy, right? Grabs PO3's head and just rips it. Oh, yeah. Right off PO3's body. And the other three scribes are standing there and they're like, we had to do that. We had to stop PO3. Mm-hmm. And then. You're kind of left like, what? well, what's. What now? Yeah. So so we understand like there's this cycle and they're like, we need to stop PO3 because PO3 is not just... It, it reminds me... This reminds me of... Um, man, I don't remember if it's a game. So I was, I was playing this game recently, right? Tales of Arise. It's uh, brand new. Came out 2021. Um, it's on the PS5. It's on the PS4. I don't know if it's on Xbox. I'm not I'm not sure. Well, but there's a huge part of this game where like you have one planet of people and you have another planet of people. And these people up here are above. They're top tier. And they just mess with the people down below, right? So you have this constant power struggle. So what they do is they have like a competition where so many people, each of these, I think there's five realms, and each person that's in the leader of those realms, they compete against the leaders of the other ones. And the person who wins this competition after like 10 years, they become the leader for the next X amount of years. And then they have the competition again. And they're like collecting the souls. Sounds like Mortal Kombat. Um, so, so that's what this reminds me of, right? So we know there's like a cycle. This game starts, a player comes in, they replace a scribe, um, a scribe, Apparently, a scribe takes over. Leshy took over, and that's how the game started. Leshy was the. You start, yeah, you started out with Leshy already being in control. We Leshy were playing was in Leshy's control. game. And so then you beat Leshy, and you get to start the game over 
It's a brand new game. So it's actually like starting the game fresh. And then PO3 gains power. And that's why you're dealing with uh, Botopia. Right. You're dealing with uh, Leshy's game while Leshy's, or not Leshy, sorry, PO3, PO3 while PO3's in control. But something's different this time around. To the point that the other scribes are like, PO3 needs to be stopped. Completely stopped. Yeah, they're almost like, okay, it's not a game anymore. Like, no, it just it's detrimental. Like, you need to help us. Right, because PO3 has this plan. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to get this game out there. This game's going to get to the internet or whatever. However, it's not just a game anymore. It's way bigger than that. And the other scribes are like, cool, let, let uh, PO3 do it. Then we're going to stop PO3. So they do. They basically kill PO3. And uh, Grimora then, right there at the end, picks up this book and is like, this is access. This is complete access. This is everything that we as the player, Luke Carter, gave to PO3. And she takes it and she's like, cool, delete. She deletes it. And which ultimately starts deleting everything that is in Inscription. Inscription starts beginning through an inscription deletion process. Yeah, it, everything from the bottom up starts deleting itself to the point where, like, there's even, like, a little box that pops up and it, like, starts showing you, like, okay, X amount of data is, like, being deleted right now. And so, so like, the world that you're looking at, you're standing in PO3's world at this table with the other three scribes and the stuff just starts boom, 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 disappearing. And it's and it's gone, and then you find yourself in like this crypt. It's like a crypt. There's like three coffins. One says PO3. One says inscription, uh, like inscription.exe, and one says uh, Luke Carter. And I think you grab these plaques and you put them into this tombstone, and then Grimora is on the other side. And so you get to you get to walk up to Grimora in a 3D environment, which you haven't um, experienced yet, and you get to sit down. And play a game with Grimora, like in the in the the original style that we did with Leshy, and the style we did with PO3, but mm-hmm. in Grimora's version of a game. <laughs> You're killing me, dude. You're it's, killing me. It's getting there. And and so this whole time, there's like this screen in the upper left hand corner of a loading bar because stuff is being deleted, and Grimora's like, there's stuff on this disc there's stuff in this game that she's like it just needs to be gone it just needs to be deleted does it suck we're going to be gone she's like yep and so she's like but play a game with me and um so you're sitting my bad so you're sitting there and you're playing the game and you're getting a little bit of story and she's telling you like this is just how it has to be you're enjoying a game cool boom stuff starts disappearing again Boom, boom 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 And then finally, she's like, you know what? This was good. Glad we got to play. She reaches her hand out and yeah, and and you shake her hand and boom, she's gone. She just deleted. And then. <laughs> I'm choking dude, up, bro. Like, dude. I'm choking up and, super hard, dude. And and then so. So then it goes to Leshy. You get to talk to Leshy. And. um. Leshy's like, hey, you know, what's up? He's like, here's your deck that you beat me with the first time. Bro, like, <laughs> dude, like, what? 
And what um, game is this, bro? Like what game? And so, so let's, she's like, let's play a game. Let's have, let's have a game. Let's have a good time. And it's all set up like it used to be. He gave your original deck back and you're playing like, you'll draw a card and, and he's like, oh man, he's like, I remember that card. It was a good card. It's really dude. cool. <laughs> I can't look at dude, you. Fuck, <laughs> dude, fuck, bro. And, um, so, oh man. It's so nonchalant and he's just like, it's, it's all nostalgia the whole time. He's just, it gets like, remember it's, it's, it's like, it doesn't even feel like that long ago. Cause it seems like days, but like they lay on so thick that like this NPC cares about like the character so much, dude, it's crazy. And, and um, one of the coolest moments that you have is Lush is like, this is fine. This is cool. And you still have the scale, right? Where you're keeping track of points. And scale deletes. It gets fucking deleted, bro. It's like, gone. And he's like, he's like, oh, he's no like, matter. he's like, that doesn't matter. He's like, I don't care. I just want to play. I just want to play this game. I just want to enjoy this last game that I'm going to have. I actually, I officially cried on this podcast, bro. <laughs> because... Because he knows he's going to be deleted. Like, he knows he, he's done. It's his last game. Like, it's, and it's truly And all he wants to do, game. and he expressed... And so, I said this before. Originally, I thought Leshy was the bad guy. You know, like, I thought Leshy was a bad guy, and it's like, no, dude. He just loves the game. He loves playing. He loves the story, the lore, the flavor behind it. Like, he was a DM, you know? Like, he was the bosses, and he was... He was everything that you experienced. He brought that to the table. And so the score's gone. And then finally, I think... By the way, you're just playing the game for like... Like seeming... I, I don't even know how it long goes it is. So, it just, I don't know so if it's long. set turns. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't either. I don't... Yeah, you're just playing the game for an ambiguous amount of time with no goal... You're just you're just killing his creatures. He's killing yours. You deal damage to him. He deals damage to you. It just doesn't it just actually doesn't matter. And this whole time, this loading bar, deleting bar. He's just getting fucking down. deleted the whole time, dude. It sucks. And, and then and the whole time he's making comments like Doc said about like, oh, that's a great card. And one moment for me was like, he was like, oh, you triumphed my creature again. Like I should have anticipated that. Like yeah. you're a great player, dude. What is this? I'm so sorry. <sighs> super solid game, guys. Super, it's so good. Super solid. Never <sighs> felt never felt so much like an NPC really cared about me. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the game, you're like, wait a minute, I don't want to be done, bro. Like spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. <sighs> spoilers. Anyway, so <laughs> so you're playing this game with leshy the the score's gone and then finally the bell how you end the turn disappears and leshy's like oh that's a that's a problem (laughs) because you can't end the game anymore you can't now the game's starting to actually fall apart too far and then so finally finally everything starts disappearing your deck disappears the cards on the table disappear and Leshy reaches out his hand and he shakes your hand and he's like, thanks, you know, and boom, he's gone. And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, dude, like this is the craziest thing ever. 
Dude, it's been like a month and a half since I played this game. Uh, and holy fuck. <laughs> and so then I am drink. <laughs> so then Magnificus, right? So Magnificus um you appear and you're like in this empty space. Stuff is just almost gone. And like it's like a pathway. Like you start walking down and as you walk down, stuff just just deletes out of existence. And Magnificus you get to the end and Magnificus is like, why don't you just take the disc out? Why don't you just stop? Stop this. But the whole time Magnificus has been like this like seer of the future. And he's like, he's like, but I know you won't. He's like, because I've seen it. I know, I know you won't stop this process. And he's like, stuff needs to be gone. And so he's like, so let's, let's have a battle. And you have this crazy, amazing battle with Magnificus. It's pretty epic. To I and like I don't want to spoil that because I it was one of those things that it <laughs> in all honesty it feels like a copyright issue. <laughs> like I'm amazed. <laughs> yeah. I'm amazed they get away with it. And um but it's so cool and you have this like conversation. Um just whatever. Like I can't remember the conversation exactly, but it's just another it's just another one of those things like this is the last game this is what's gonna happen he's like stuff needs to be gone po3 needed to be stopped and this isn't like super quick by the way like no these are this almost is, like three boss battles like back to they're back to back it took it i pulled up the footage it took half an hour so it's almost like the first fight with grimora you're like oh my god this is what's happening and then through less you're like wait a minute i don't want this to happen and then through the like Magnificus, you're like almost desensitized to it you're because like, it's it just a character has to happen. Magnificus is a character that you didn't get to experience like at all. Like you, you kind of he seems. But you realize how important that like, you realize you validate him as a person. Yeah. At the and, end, even though you didn't get to experience him. And this is the part that messed me up the most. Like, dude, I absolutely hated it. So you have this fight. You have this battle. Stuff starts getting deleted. Stuff starts freaking out and glitching out. And um, finally, it gets down to just you and Magnificus. Magnificus is like, because of the way the battle worked, Magnificus is like far away from you. He's not, you're not across the table. And he's like, no, 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 don't, don't let this end right now. And he's like crawling towards you. Like, who he's crawling he's like i just need to shake your hand and he reaches out to like shake your hand and it's gone <laughs> dude i and he just know. he disappears oh my god dude, dude. i don't know that we're gonna play another game for a long time dude for a long time that's gonna do this because let me say this I've never played a game in my life that's made me feel like this game has made me feel. It's like, it's, it's, oh my God, it's so good. And then he's just gone. And then the rest of the game just deletes. It's just, and that's it done. It's just, it's just done. That's the <sighs> end of the game. And then it literally, you have a little bit more real stuff with Luke um that i don't want to talk about that stuff you kind of just you really for the end of this game i think we even potentially gave too much away but 
we're the scrub hub podcast we talk about oh, games man. but for this one in particular you guys really just need to play this one for yourselves to experience the end part but so so you have a real life thing and then dude the game just shuts off it's it just once it's done it's done. done it closes the game closes and you're left sitting there like <clears throat> i didn't want to be done like i didn't want to be done playing this game yet like you almost feel like <clears throat> you made such good friends with your enemies by the end of it and you you disregard so often that when you're playing a game like you're fighting its enemies and stuff like big villains and people that you're trying to conquer that maybe they want to take over the whole world but in real life when you're playing those games and stuff like i guess speaking from just me like those games became my best friends like like growing up zelda was a big game for me but like fighting against ganon like I don't I don't know what pants would be without Ganon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right, right. we have to have our villains. We have we have these games in and that's what shorts is, right? It's a short story of our lives in a game. Yeah. And and so I get that. Like there are games that I attached to me growing up, but this game will be attached to me forever. This is I'm I'm willing to go on the record to say like this is for sure a 10 out of 10. Like, oh yeah, it, it's 10 out of 10. It 10 out of 10. It undoubtedly is game of the year for 2021. And I'm sorry if this game doesn't affect you the way it affects us, you're just not a person. You're just not empathetic by any means. Like, it's just wow. And you just like, you want to jump back into it. Not even because you. Like the mechanics of the game are so good, and there was there's replay value for the story and all X X Y and Z. But like, I, you just realize that you had such a good time with the characters by the end of it. Like yeah. even PO three, like I loved PO three even to the even to the end, just because of the flavor and the the opposition of comparison of Leshy. And I don't I don't think I don't believe PO three should have been able to PO three shouldn't have gone out like that. You know what I mean? Like, PO3 didn't even get a redemption. PO3 was, like, straight up just killed. And I, and that's a hard pill to swallow, like, going in, in retrospectively looking back. I'm like, PO3 didn't even get a chance. I'm willing to, like, looking back with the way that... Because you can go back all the way even to, <clears throat> like, Act 1, and you can kind of notice that, like, stinky and... Um, what is his name? What's PO3's Stowe? Stowe. So Stinky and Stowe, like they had a little bit of a connection to each other. I don't think they hated one another. I don't no, think I don't. I don't think I don't, they hated. And even at the end, I don't think that any one character hated another one. But it is almost like they recognized that PO3 was potentially the weakest. He was. I don't even know that it's not it's not that PO3 was the weakest but they allowed him they the plan was to let him it's it's think that, that he won or something he was the most susceptible to not falling for the rest of the plan the other three were smarter to but they knew the other three knew I, that something needed to be I feel put like to an end. I feel like it was more of like PO3 was PO3 out of all of them they're like they're all they're all not great people right like there are instances where they're they're um what do i want to say they're they have instances they're that not are just, perfect they're not they're not good like their intentions are might might be good 
but the way they go about things aren't the best. But by the and end of it, PO3, it seems like they did something that like was for the betterment of. I mean, maybe like PO3 was the one that was upping the ante. PO3 is like instead of just fulfilling what the cycle is, I'm going to go above and beyond. And that was the threat. I think that was like it comes across like if PO3 succeeded in this, it would destroy the balance and the cycle that they had. And so they had basically no choice, but PO3 was also so cocky and was like, I'm the best. I'm going to do this. So they said, well, let PO3. That's why I'm saying. Think, he let was PO3 like think most they're winning to thinking that he had control. And, to, and in, that would be the weak spot. In, in the weak of, spot. And, yeah. but ultimately at some point, and this is the, div- I kind of talked with you a little bit in the like mid podcast, a little bit when we're taking like a section of break or whatever, but there are motifs of this game that I, I I can't ignore in terms of like like each of these characters symbolizing one thing or another. Just briefly going over, I'm not going to go too far too much too far in depth with like Leshy symbolizes he's the the scribe of beasts. He like symbolizes vitality, like life, like mm-hmm. action, the yang, if you will, not the yin. Um, you know, the scribe of the dead, Gormora, symbolizes death and uh, moving on and letting go and kind of release that kind of thing. Uh, Magnificus is kind of creativity and creation, exploration, that kind of thing. And PO3 is like intelligence and progression and moving forward, finding the next thing, which actually proves because he's the one mm-hmm. that's wanting to take it a step further. Like I'm, I'm the leader of progression Yeah, and his negligence to believe that he couldn't be um, thwarted was ultimately his downfall. But in while you're saying like, I agree with while each of them had their own motives and playing the cycle, they all wanted to do their own thing. And they all wanted to have control. They, they, but at the end of the game, like each and, of them was like, we just have to be done with this. Like, because there's things on this hard drive that can't be out. And we need to take this opportunity of PO 3s weakness to put an end to all of it. Yeah. And just, and, and I think that's where, like, I think that's a crazy part. I bet I would actually not all of them. That was like, I should call back to what you said. It's Gamora's plan because Leshy during that fight, which is why it hit me so hard. He was like, dude, I just, I just didn't want PO3 to succeed. Yeah. I didn't want PO3 to succeed, but I didn't want it to end. Yeah. Like, and, and Grimora, I wanted to keep doing this with you. I was happy to keep and, doing this cycle. And it's crazy because like Grimora is like the scribe of like death. death. Like I'm here and, to end it. And, and Grimora is like, Grimora even said like, it just, it needs to. It's not the fact that she wanted it to happen. She didn't want it to happen. She, yeah, she didn't. She just, just like, said it has to. It needs to. And I think if we were to take what you were saying, like comparing like the vitality and the life and the death and creativity, I would almost bet we could probably, if we played more, we could probably see an instance where each of the scribes, I wish, oh man, I hope this game has DLC. I hope it maybe gets a second part to where we can explore Magnificus more and we can explore Grimoire more because you don't really get to until the very end of the game and they're still so powerful. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. I would would venture to say that even while Leshy was in control, he still borrowed attributes from the other scribes, right? 
And I would imagine if Grimora was in control, she would do the same. If Magnificus was in control, she would do the same. Pew 3 is the one that's like, nope, I can do it myself. I don't need this. I don't need that. I don't need this. I don't need you guys. Like, yeah. I can do it on my own. Like, But that's he fell because of that. Yeah. You need each other. So <laughs> that for the most part was inscription. That was that was inscription. Um there's still some stuff and tons of stuff in there for you to find, for you to experience. Um we hope you play it. We really do. If you've got this far, we hope you have played this game. We and you're not just experiencing through us. And if you haven't, and maybe this is like your first experience in the game. Hopefully, this has moved you to play the game and experience it. Of course. It. And again, hopefully, it affects you the same way it affects us because this is a game I can speak for the both of us. We will never, ever forget about. Oh, yeah. We will We will talk about this game forever. And I hope there's DLC. I really do. I hope it continues. Yeah. Immaculate work by the teams that did this stuff. I mean, yeah. truly, bravo, ladies and people. I'm so sorry. I, like, I apologize that we don't have their names or anything ready. Uh, I'll have them on the screen, find them, support them, do everything. I hope they see this video. That would be amazing. And just let them know this game touches in a way that's no other game ever has. Truthfully. Truthfully. And it's appreciated. And we thank you so much for that, yes. for, for giving us a game like this. Yeah. Keep up with the great work and, you know, really looking forward to what, what else you guys are bringing out. And, um, we have another game to check out by you guys, actually. <clears throat> what other um, uh, Pony Island. Pony Island. Pony Island is the other game. I think that was their first game. This might be their second or third game. Um, ooh, I don't know. Like if it's the same impact as this one, I, I'm not sure. Uh, th- but this was a friggin' good one, and we're going to check out the other games uh, because of that or other game. Um, but I guess that's basically all we have it. for you guys today. We're gonna find you real quick. Uh, real quick, you guys can find me on Twitch, Instagram, Facebook. YouTube, Never Ending Pants, second E in the ever, or never, I should say. Not there. Never Ending Pants. You guys can find the links below. Doc, where they can find cool. you? It's weird to be, we're back on the couch, so that's crazy. Yeah. Find me on Twitch primarily, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, uh, RX underscore Bishop underscore MD. Reliquary of the Dead. Reliquary of the Dead. That's right, baby. The Lich Doctor. That's right. You can find me. All those things, all those titles, all this craziness. But all the things we could say in the world was the one piece of advice that we can leave them with, Doc. If you're not good, get, get good. good. We'll see you guys next time. See you guys. Bye.